Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Welcome to the New Books Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome. Uh, my name is Geert, and I am very happy to announce today's guest, Dr. Willem de Lint. Uh, welcome to you, Willem. Thanks. Welcome. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Geert. Nice to good to be here. Yeah, great pleasure. Willem, Willem holds a PhD in, in criminology from the University of Toronto, and um, until recently worked as a professor in criminal justice at Flinders University in South Australia. Uh, and he's now an independent researcher. Uh, recent projects of his uh, include studies on counterterrorism prosecutions, uh, blended justice and interagency collaborations, uh, also intelligence-led policing and, and public order policing. And today we will be discussing his 2021 book, Blurring Intelligence Crime, A Critical Forensics, which was published by Springer. Um, Willem, first of all... Uh, we do have a somewhat uh, academic audience. I, I, I think um, you describe as an, uh, or you're an independent author and, and researcher. Um, how, how does does that work? Could you tell us a bit more about that? Um, well, I mean, it works in the sense that most of what I've done under under the auspices of working with the, for a university um, has been to sort of follow my nose into, you know, where, where it leads me. And so to the degree that that's been mutually constructive and beneficial, um, that has been good. But, um, but now I think in, in the age of a much more, I think, corporatized and um, risk averse university um, environment, uh, sometimes I think independent research or in, in, a, in some sense, it's pure research can 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 suffer under under the auspices of a university, and so I'm I'm quite happy now to be to be independent and to um, feel free to sort of uh, express myself um, without sort of fear of um, operating at the displeasure of, of the university. Um, yeah, I. I, I think that might relate to the topic of the of the book as well uh, at least tangentially um maybe if i may try and summarize the theme of the book uh it's it's about the interpretation of uh, big security related events and uh then how the framing of these uh, events uh, interacts with political interests um is that is that more or less um uh, correct yeah i think that one of the things about crime and i i I'm, I am fascinated by particularly these, these big crimes that, that appear to be um, in front of us, but not necessarily that well analyzed or that fully analyzed by cr- criminologists. And I think part of the reason is that because once, the, once these events become very significant political crimes, they also um, are, are, are problems of interpretation for um, a lot of people, not only not only for experts, but but also for lay people, and um, 
And it's not surprising that that's the case because they, they may involve national security actors and actions. And, and this, this creates a problem of, of, of interpretation and forensics in particular. Uh, so I thought it would be interesting to look at some, some cases. Uh, and of course, the selection of cases is always going to be a problem, but you know you have to make some kind of choices with respect to selection. So I just tried to figure out a, a group of cases that would be interesting for, for analysis to some degree, and to try to figure out a way of doing that analysis uh, that uh, I suppose highlights more of the, uh, the critical interpretation uh, over the, I suppose some people would refer it as a, as a sort of a liberal interpretation. Of, of events, which, which more or less takes as 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 um, as a given that um, what government authorities say about something that government authorities have the most information on must be more or less true. And so, um, these events, uh, unless they're uh, uh, events that are are, are claimed um, by other government authorities, in other words, uh, government authorities that. Um, are not uh, that, that that are opposite of us or other than us, and so uh, this has to do with the bifurcation, I suppose, of of um, of these of the of these big events and the bifurcation of of these big events by geopolitics. And so, you know, geopolitics season is a very big uh, question for most criminologists, and so the relationship between geo, the geopolitical and the criminological is something that you don't find very much. Um, uh, in in much of criminology, and so uh, that's really what I've been trying to look at and try to explore it a little bit. Um, not only you know what, why is it that these these events are 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 not so much explored, um, but um, then if you were to explore it, w- w- what are some ways of exploring it without taking too many assumptions for granted? Um, and I think a lot of a lot of um, I suppose when I look at intelligence, I see too much of it is is dominated by I suppose I would call it a liberal um, perspective, uh, and and then if you do see a more of a radical perspective, it tends to be more in the popular uh, literature as opposed to the academic literature. In the popular literature, you can get what what otherwise might might be considered a radical perspective, um, but not so much in the, in the academic literature. I'm not sure if that was the answer to the question, but that's sort of what... Um... <laughs> Definitely. Um, and, well, I, th- I think we'll get into some of those, what you mentioned, or what you call big crimes um, uh, later. Um, at the at the start of the book, however, you, you really start from a, 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 a... What I would call, like, a plane that, that I, as a criminologist, I, I uh, uh, recognize, so to say. Namely, uh, it's about forensics and the... Just the maybe it's also recognizable for for uh, any empirical scientist, so to say, uh, the, the the problems of 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 the gathering of, um, of 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 data and and trying to describe a scene. Um, why why first of all, uh, you, you, the, no, okay. The, at the start of the book, you ask the question. Uh, it's very epistemological. You ask, how do we know crime? Um, what are the main challenges with epistemology of crime? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so one of the first things is standpoint. So, you know, we have authorities that 
um, maybe come to a crime scene, but first we, they have to be designated. First, we have to understand something as a possible crime scene. Um, and so now in most crimes, it's not a big problem, but in, but in crimes that may involve politics, particular big politics or big political actors, it, it, it does become a problem um, because then it, then it may involve some very strong national security interests. Um, and so then the authority of the investigator um, be, be, becomes an issue. Uh, at least it becomes an issue depending on, you know, who, who may be uh, the culprit in the crime. For example, in the Rainbow Warrior case, um, you know, there, you know, this, this, that case would not be, would not have been known uh, to, to people, to, 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 to a lay audience or to, or to, to, to a great majority of New Zealanders, um, certainly at the time, um, if it weren't for some, you know, pretty straightforward criminal in, or investigation by by police, um, and uh, and then what makes it a bit unusual is that um, these these investigations were 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 proceeding uh, without any kind of really uh, real interference from any higher maybe levels of authority. Maybe you can start with a, a description of the of the. Rainbow Warrior events, so to say. Yeah, yeah. So what happened is that there was a so uh, during during the nineteen eighties, New Zealand was uh, a new, had a nuclear free zone, two hundred uh, mile uh, restriction zone for for, for nuclear subs. Um, it, it had a pretty strong policy about that. There were no nuclear submarines allowed within its territorial waters, and. In, in the meantime, France was was doing testing, nuclear test, testing of nuclear uh, uh, devices, you know, in the Pacific atolls. And so um, Greenpeace uh, was going to make, um, uh, basically make a, uh, make a show of, about this and, and send its uh, Rainbow Warrior ship out to the atolls and record what was going on. Um, you know, by, by the French. And so what the French did was they sent 12 of their agents to New Zealand um, to bomb the Rainbow Warrior in Auckland Harbour, which they succeeded in doing. Um, and during that, a, a, a photographer was killed. Um, he was on the boat and he was killed. And so it, it was not only a, a, a um, it was a terrorist act, and in fact, ironically, the France, you know, originally, originally described the, the act as a terrorist act, um, what, what, where when they were saying that they had nothing to do with it. Unfortunately, that uh, the investigation. What happened is that when you send um, a lot of French, um, you know, uh, people, uh, you know, uh, uh, highly educated people. Uh, to the, the northern part of the tip of New Zealand and, you know, and they're sort of having a good time in a sort of a James Bond way of, of womanizing and all the way down to Auckland, um, they, they may be noticed. And in fact, they were noticed by very several people and several different uh, types of people. And what happened was their investigation was was started. And by the time that the ship was blown up, um, so many different um, parts of information were available became inform- became available to the, the New Zealand police that they were able to um, finger the uh, two of the people involved and uh, uh, charge them with uh, manslaughter. Uh, and um, 
and they did, and they were charged, and they were uh, and they were convicted. And so, what, the, the thing about that is that so normally an investigation, um, uh, normally an investigation that um, involves a murder involves a lot of the things that happened in in this case in New Zealand, but. Um, in other cases where uh, national security actors may be involved, uh, there are uh, efforts made to suppress information. There was an investigation done in France, or a couple of inquiries done in France, of their involvement in this case. And it's the first investigation attempted to um, absolve France, absolve the, uh, the Mitterrand government, say it was a rogue element within uh, the government, not uh, certainly with the, 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 at the highest level of the government. And that kind of fell apart. And so it, it really became a, a very unseemly spectacle for for France. Uh, it's not that they did it, but it's that they were caught. I think that was the, the problem with, with what happened. Um, in a sense, the, the mission uh, was successful. It had collateral damage. In fact, one of the act, actors involved, one of the agents involved said, well, you know, it was something that we do. I'm not, I, I don't, I'm not sort of embarrassed about it or ashamed of it. Uh, I wouldn't say I wouldn't do it again because that is the kind of activities uh, that are sometimes necessary to do by the state, um, even if they do, uh, uh, you know, um, take uh, offer risks of uh, so-called collateral damage. And so, yeah, so the forensics in this case worked quite well. Um, and the uh, now the outcome of it is not necessarily that the people that are that are uh, that should be punished get, get punished because in, in these big big crimes that really is the case. The people that ought to be punished rarely get punished in big crimes. It's almost the opposite. Um, if you looked at some of these big crimes, I mean, it's, it would be very rare. Now, Epstein is, is an example where the where you know you have a person who 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 has been punished, but of course we don't exactly know what w- what is behind that whole. Uh, that whole affair, but anyway, with the, with the forensics there, you know, it worked quite well. They, 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 the the political involvement of the French was such that they couldn't really do much about it because they were uh, at loggerheads with with um, with New Zealand with respect to their policy, their nuclear policy. So they, they weren't going to get a lot of friendship out of New Zealand at that time. So they weren't able to put wraps on 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 it. Um, and the other thing that's interesting about that too is you know, and it's a, it's a bit of a question. You know the degree to which the the nine eyes uh, would have been um, sharing information, um, or you know, are they, or or is is there a real strong compartment compartmentalization there? Typically, what happens is that you don't have these operations go uh, on your on your sister um, on your sister party. I mean, that seems like a very provocative of things to do if you're supposed to be friends and intelligence what are you doing going around in the backyard of your of your sister or brother agency and uh, causing that kind of uh kind of that kind of mischief uh that doesn't seem like um you know a uh, this, this civilized behavior of of the intelligence um you know um brotherhood or sisterhood it's an intriguing example, uh, perhaps because in this case, uh, what the stately actor tried uh, to accomplish, um, you know, the, the, the way the stately actor tried to frame the, the crime didn't work out, right? No, um, no, it didn't. Um, do you have an example where, where it, it did work out? Um, well, I mean, you know, with, with like, for instance, uh, 
in in with Raymond Davis, I mean, I think we've all forgotten about him, right? And he was a um, a, a contractor, CIA contractor, and and he was in, um, you know, so he was in um, uh, in in Pakistan, and you know, he may well have been uh, doing some reconnaissance or, or information gathering um, to, to, to determine, you know, who needs to be on, on, the, on the hit list, at least according to some of the investigative journalists that, that were there. And so he, he ended up... Are we talking, uh, Willem? Pardon? Wh- which era are, are we talking, Willem? Oh, this is era, uh, this is in two, the 2000s, 2000, uh, yeah, this is in, this is a different era. Um, this was during the, the sort of the height of the, the drone campaign or just around the drone campaign under Obama. Um, and so um, there was there were there were a lot of um, uh, people that were being targeted through, uh, in this drone campaign. And um, the Pakistanis, uh, so he got, he was, uh, he ended up, um, uh, he ended up being, uh, uh, he, he, there were motorcyclists, uh, Faisen Haider and, and Fahim uh, Shamshad, um, and, and, they, and they were shot by, by uh, Raymond Davis at a red traffic light. Um, and, and then he stepped out of his car and shot them through the windshield to finish them off, apparently. Um, and a third man was run over when um, the U.S. consulate, someone from the U.S. consulate came running to the scene to help Davis out. So that happened almost immediately uh, because he was there exposed to the the problematic, uh, you know, Pakistani mob, presumably. Um, but Davis' story, you know, he, he, he needed to change his story because he first said they were trying to, these people were trying to rob him. Um, but then he said they were Pakistani spies, you know, and so they, they did have a you know a cover story at the beginning. But um, he was not on the list of diplomats that the U.S. gave to Pakistan. Um, but he was a CIA contractor, you know. Um, so he was arrested and charged, and he faced uh, you know he faced the Lahore High Court. Um, but then a, a Sharia court was hastily you know um, composed instead, so that the U S could offer the families of the victims blood money for his, for his release. Right. So, um, that worked out really quite well because, you know, I mean, he, 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 he ended up being able to, to, to be, to be removed back to, to, to the United States. Um, and you know, information was protected. Pakistan, uh, you know, was on side through this in the sense that they allowed that Sharia court to be to be struck instead of something else happening with with Raymond Davis. And so that was a, a nice mutually beneficial compromise for uh, for that. So a little bit better, uh, uh, you know, because Pakistan, you know, is is still, you know, in a different kind of relationship uh, with um, or it wasn't a different relationship with with the United States, I guess, at the time. Um, than um, New Zealand was with France at the time of that, that other uh, crime. So it doesn't matter. The, the geopolitical, the the, the 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 geopolitical relationships matter a great deal, um, you know, and they do influence. Uh, so of course, the argument for for most people is that no, when there's a crime, there's a rule of law, and the rule of law asserts itself, and the real rule of law is blind, and justice is blind. Um, you know, we expect, and people, uh, lay people, under, uh, know that when it comes to very, very significant political events, uh, the rule of law is anything but blind. Um, I mean, people don't even expect it to be blind. 
you know, but but that's where the sort of the, the, the sort of expert criminology or expert uh, discourse or liberal discourse and the, the popular discourse part company. Oh, sorry. I. Um, so the, the, this is this is when we when we talk about the, the, the rule of law parts, uh, say, and the, how the judicial system deals with uh, these situations. Um, maybe one step b- before that, um, uh, you let, let me say, I let me see, I think, uh, yeah, it's in, ch- in chapter two, you say that um, uh, the vast majority of actors will avoid generating findings that do not accord with the worldview of political leadership. Um, and I guess maybe there's um, some, some kind of heuristic for. Uh, uh, the forensic agent proper, even before any uh, legal uh, legal affairs are in, involved, um, reflect a bit on on their role. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I think a lot of like I was looking at some of the um, sort of forensic literature, um, this idea of um, bias and and how it might be formed and the different ways it's formed, um, uh, because. Oftentimes, even before you're on a scene, or, or 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 even before you're you're asked to review some evidence, you may already, and it's very difficult not to. You you may already have uh, some presuppositions. Um, so if and if you do, if you obviously um, science like justice is supposed to be somewhat blind in that respect. However, uh, the for instance, in 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 a, in, a, in a crime scene, you, you may not know, you may have no idea, you know, who the perpetrator is, um, and so you want to have some kind of um, angle on 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 an investigation in order to determine what to be test, what's to be tested, what's to be looked at, what's to be reviewed, what's to be analyzed, um, and so not having any capacity to be instructed with respect to what needs to be looked at or reviewed or analyzed or uh, would would make life pretty difficult in some cases for, for, for forensic uh, analysts or, uh, and so, so it's not that, it's not that there can't be any kind of um, um, handover, which involves uh, a little bit of uh, information, which may be uh, in, in that respect, too much information with respect to, you know, heuristic uh, um, viewpoint. Uh, it's it's an inevitability. Now, a lot, there's a lot of mechanisms that are designed to overcome that, right? And so, you know, you have these, these mechanisms that are designed to overcome it to a large degree, and they do overcome it. But the interesting thing is when they are when they are those 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 mechanisms that you normally use are not necessarily followed, and so the prediction is that they that, that there will be novel novel mechanisms or novel ways of doing uh, of doing some forensic analysis when the uh, the interest is much stronger politically. So if there's a really strong interest politically, then you might you then you might see more likely to have some uh, innovation in some forensic technique or or application because. It's it, because because of the desire to to discover a result um, that so the entire community wants you to discover. So that's 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 where that's where it becomes interesting, and um, and you know I mean I, I, I we don't know uh, you know what what the facts are about a lot about some of these events, but we we can say that well there's some un- unique applications that may be. Um, 
uh, that, that may have arisen and the, the spread of those uh, unique applications arising is really where the political uh, is more prominent. And so you're not going to find very many novel, you know, inventions as much uh, where, um, you know, where the, where the, where the interest is, is much less, I think, is the, is the idea. And, and so I don't know if that's true or not, but it seems likely because people are trying, as you were mentioning before, to trying to find a way of fitting a, a most, convenient, most convenient narrative, uh, uh, you know, a most convenient uh, result uh, with uh, the, the 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 tools or uh, that that are in play, and and if those tools tools aren't sufficient, then trying to sort of manufacture some little bit a bit of a twist on those tools in order to get that result. Um, but this has to do with the idea that you know um, we we like to, and this is when I, I use the term we uh, we like to believe that we are basically just people working in a just world, um, all involved in in just outcome using the rule of law. Um, yes, that's 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 the case for most crimes, I suppose. Um, you know, but wherever there's a great deal of political interest, that becomes less and less um, the case, and that's where the deviations are more likely to occur. The OPCW, um, Aaron Mate has has written about that, and a few other um, investigative journalists have, have looked at that. But um, on on the OPCW, with respect to um, you know, with respect to what what uh, uh, the um, the bombing in, um, you know, in that, um, in Duma. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think um, uh, it, it's interesting how in, in with, the, with the case of the OPCW, that politics is, a thing, I think, for, at least for some of us, a little bit more obvious. <laughs> you know, if, if we're willing to accept what, you know, Aaron Mate and what the, the whistleblowers, the OPCW whistleblowers have said, if we're willing to accept that, um, then, then we're then we're seeing a straightforward politicization, you know. And I also make reference to, you know, to John Bolton's uh, visit, you know, to the OPC director. I think it was in in in, in um, if I'm not mistaken, it was in the in the Hawk where 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 he made that visit. But in any case, um, that was well well it was prominent in in the news news at at the time, but you know, conveniently forgotten. And of course the OPCW director was replaced uh, a few months later. Um, and that's, this is what the, the United States wanted. And so, yes, there is obviously a lot of uh, pressure on, uh, on making these instruments. These, these are forensic instruments. The OPCW is a forensic instruments. And there's a lot of pressure on making those forensic instruments accord with a rule of a, a, um, a rules-based order, which is dominated by, um, I guess the United States in this case. Yeah, the, all the all those tools, just as well, really technical tools. They're they're never neutral in the epistemological sense. Uh, I, I, I guess. Yeah, and, and and I think you know I I, I did I always you know do a little reading of Foucault in that respect because I think he's really interesting in the sense that. You know, knowledge is power. Power is knowledge, and these are very inter- intertwined terms. So, you know, uh, the discourse is is framed uh, or informed um, by 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 power knowledge, and you know, it's it's the intersection of power knowledge. You know that that's that's the or the or the way that um, power can't divorce itself in any in any fundamental way from knowledge 
that that's in, that's key right now you know you can't take that too far right obviously but you know it's, it's certainly informative these institutional um uh, the institutional um setting for forensics is important like so mis- miscarriages of justice is a very well-known field of inquiry with respect to uh forensic, I guess, malfeasance or whatever you, um, and so a lot of, a lot of people look at more petty, straightforward crimes in terms of particularly murders. And, and they look at, you know, where the mistakes were, um, by the police and by forensics or, 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 or how forensic agencies were captured by law enforcement. Um, there have been some very notorious cases in that respect. Um, but, he, but, uh, but, but, but they also include like the Guilford four and the Birmingham six. And, and those are interesting because they, again, are not only, you know, cases of, of, of political assassination or alleged political assassination, um, but they're, and, and the, and the application of, of, um, of a miscarriage of justice narrative. Could you briefly, briefly illustrate those cases? Oh well, the, I, well, I didn't. I, I mean, I, 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 I just mentioned them more or less in passing. But these are these are cases where um, the, uh, the the British authorities very quickly came to conclusions with respect to uh, two sets of of, of terrorist uh, IRA terrorist uh, um, cases, and their you know the, the 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 methods that they used to develop their suspects um, turned out to be, you know, um, very poor indeed. And so they they required the, the British government to um, to look into how 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 these kinds of uh, cases um, are 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 developed and and whether they need a another body to review you know a prosecution a prosecution's review committee. Uh, to 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 um, to be in place because uh, they can't really trust th- that there isn't anything systemic. So there, and 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 there 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 is likely to be something systemic. The, the, the smaller the, the the cohort of actors that are ultimately involved in very key decision making, and and this is another problem when national security becomes comes into play because um, you do end up with smaller and smaller numbers of people that are involved in key decision-making or, or significant key de- decision-making also decision-making that may not be reviewed in a way that we typically think that they need, that needs to be reviewed. And that goes into the whole idea of, of how intelligence is reviewed or overseen by, by the government and, and the interest in that, which is not very big uh, because it, you know, tends to be the graveyard of, of politicians. The, the, the scrutiny of intelligence tends to be, you know, a, a way of getting yourself into trouble as a, as a as a politician, as Frank Church, I suppose, once uh, uh, discovered. Uh, I see. Uh, so, in uh, in a certain sense, you would say uh, that the more eyes, the better uh, when it comes to uh, uh, the more significant uh, forensic cases. Yeah, I think most people would. Um, you have to have, um, um, and so you know, the labs themselves. You know, there are there are ways of auditing labs, and there's a whole there's a whole you know robust um, uh, discussion about how that can be done. And there are a lot of people that, in the forensic community that are that are that have uh, that have developed a lot of um, very good expertise on how that uh, that ought to be uh, ought to be done. Um, 
and and it is, I suppose, uh, still we have this problem of agency capture that that also applies in in um, in labs, and so uh, you know I think it's 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 possible to make too much out of out of the exception to the case where most cases are you know, uncontroversial. So, you know, there is a, there's a possibility of making too much of the exception of the case, uh, but we've seen some very notorious um, miscarriages of justice involving these um, involving forensic labs in the, in, in the past. Um, so in, um, uh, in chapter four, you, you, I think it's called apex, apex crime. Yeah. Apex crime, the events of September 11th. Um, so, you 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 indicate that uh, temporarily, well, um, which might also be logical in a in a uh, in such a big event, but many forensics related procedures were not followed. Um, is is that the main marker for uh, for say a critical criminologist? Yeah, I think so. Like in terms of a like so, uh, like I said before, you know, what would you like? What would you expect if 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 there's a if there's an interest in finding a resolution, you you everybody remembers well everybody at a certain age anyway remembers the nine eleven, and um, it's quite interesting in many respects. I mean, one in one respect, of course, uh, the perpetrators were named, uh, you know, within I suppose uh, a matter of hours, you know, or or at least uh, in a, in, a, in a day or two after the after the event. Um, this, despite the idea that you know there's a there's a collapse of an, of uh, of intelligence and a collapse of intelligence imagination as per the 9/11 Commission, um, but so um, you know normally what you have is you have a crime, you have a crime scene, and you need to discover you know who who did it, um, and you need to do that with 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 some objectivity. Uh, in this case, you know, in a lot of case in, in the 9/11 case, I mean, some of these sites. I mean, they weren't uh, one of the, one of the things, and this is a lot of people won't, won't like the example, but um, you know, they weren't looking for evidence of explosives um, in in the on, in New York, uh, you know, and um, you know, I mean, for a lot of people, when you don't know what happened, you need to you know, consider all possibilities, especially when the possibility of explosive is consistent with other parts of evidence. And so there's certainly enough evidence to suggest that there's um, possibility of explosives, but um, that, that idea was never investigated that there could be uh, that that explosive might've explosions might have caused the, the, the collapse of the twin towers. I mean, you know, I, I don't think it's that, that outrageous to consider that, but it wasn't something that was considered. And so then you f- follow all the other, uh, all, so then basically what happens is that the narrative, the, the possibility, the possible uh, suspects for a crime gets, gets narrowed at the beginning. And this is what happened in 9-11. The, poss- the possible array of suspects gets narrowed at the beginning. Uh, with the financial investigation, you know, once once it was determined that uh, yeah, that that Bin Laden didn't have, you know, wasn't the, wasn't or the Bin Laden network, Al Qaeda network, wasn't being uh, didn't get um, uh, uh, support from from the when it, whatever kind of financial irregularities were taking place, then that was the end of that investigation. So, okay, 
um, you know, nothing further there because the, the, the suspect has already been understood to be uh, Al Qaeda and bin Laden. So, you know, who, who else do we need to, to investigate in terms of those financial irregularities? <laughs> That's kind of kind of an example of where, um, uh, you know, where, where you're not, you know, following um, a, uh, a, an open uh, investigation in, in, a, in a way that is consistent with uh, open investigations. Uh, and many other things happened, you know, that are that are uh, that are problematic. Um, you know, in terms of the bodies, I mean, they they weren't lo- so. How did how did the bodies? I mean, they were actually just looking to identify the bodies, you know, and to the the, the main purpose of the uh, pen, the pent bombed sort of investigation was to you know discover you know to get as many of the bodies recovered as as, as possible. And to identify as many of the bodies, it was it was a question of identifying the bodies. That was the main main purpose there. It wasn't it wasn't it wasn't the question of how they died because that was already known. So in other words, we're not asking how they died because we already know that. We just wanted to identify. Again, that's not you know the typical you know forensic uh, um, method that you want. Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. Indeed. Um, so. Let me see. We've already briefly discussed the Rainbow Warrior, um, but the the chapter after that is called Smear. Um, maybe what 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 kind of uh, what kind of operations are we talking about in this case? And uh, maybe you could uh, illustrate with the MH17 incident, for instance. Um, yeah. So again. So, crimes. So one of the one of the sort of orienting, um, I guess, gambits of the book is to to say that crimes by us are are treated differently uh, than crimes by them. And so the the the, the and this is a long way of answering the question. Uh, the, so the first pivot is is um, you know uh, who who. who who is it? You know, before we say what it is, you know, who 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 are we? Um, you know, is this against us or is it? You know, you know. So is it is it potentially by an enemy? Uh, that's a very very important uh, part of a sort of a construction of sort of state government and, and its security. You know, it's a division of the world. You know, basically through these declaratives that identify you know these governance events by way of a preference binary. You know, it's a um, you know, the national and state, you know, um, subjects or identities. Um, um, uh, and this, and this reaches down into the, the question of sovereign discretion, you know, to, uh, the, the sovereign decides when to act, you know, and if it's a friend or a foe, right. And so this is the, this is a fundamental thing. And so, um, with MH17, you know, and, and, um, um, Geert van der Wild, I think he's written a book on, on that uh, as well. A very good book. And he sort of unpacks this um, this question of, uh, of MH17 in, in a lot of detail um, because it involves um, uh, some, some, a Dutch investigation as well as, um, you know, there's an Australian interest in it. There was an Australian interest in it. Um, and but the, the question is, who is who's on the ground to provide to collect the information? Um, and according to, um, you know, uh, 
unfortunately, uh, if you think that it's a crime um, by them and, and, and it needs to be investigated by us, and us includes uh, Ukrainian intelligence, then intel- Ukrainian intelligence is a fine uh, um, body to discover the evidence on the ground. Right. If, if on the other hand, you, you're you're Russian, and you think, well, you know, um, we don't, we don't, uh, we're also interested in investigating who, you know, who's responsible for MH17, and so um, we're not going to trust um, Ukrainian intelligence on the ground to provide us with with the, you know, the initial capture of that evidence. Uh, we need other um, <laughs> evidence uh, to to satisfy us. And then it's a different matter. Um, so, um, yeah, so I, I don't, so, so this, this is the, this is the problem. Um, it, you know, and I think there's not enough skepticism of the ability, capacity, interest of particularly intelligence to act in a, in a, um, information gathering, uh, evidence gathering capacity, uh, for a crime, uh, like that, even if it is a crime that, that involves, um, very significant state uh, narratives and interests. Um, so yeah, I think. Um, and, and what happens in the in the result is that well, we don't really. I mean, I think, uh, and as it here, as it here, build, uh, uh, I think uh, concludes, uh, it's it's very difficult to say what actually uh, happened and who's responsible for that, despite all of the um, activity of the investigators uh, that were involved. Um, so yes, it, it, it does depend on 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 uh, you know for for something to be a little less politicized, it really depends on on uh, the, the, the those political actors backing off in the first instance. But it's not likely that they're going to back off in the first instance because um, they've already announced who the guilty party is, and this is the same in nine eleven. They already announced who the guilty party is, and then of course the 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 information is structured around the existing narrative. Otherwise, it becomes embarrassing for everybody. And then and, and, and the interesting thing about national security is an embarrassment tends to be a, 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 within the bailiwick of national security. So if you're if you're going to embarrass your government greatly or or discredit it in, in a very public and, and palpable and, and meaningful way. Uh, is that a, is that a national security problem? Well, maybe it is because there are a lot of embarrassing secrets that have been protected by national security. Um, so, so yeah. Um, so it's, the first question is is who, uh, and then and then uh, it is what. So, um, and and also the, the second division of right and wrong follows the division between us and them, right? So you know the, the normative follows the the sort of the real politic in a sense, right? <laughs> Um, you know, it's, it's not the other way around. Um, people think it is, you know, people want to believe it is. And liberals, I guess, have the pr- pr- presumption that it is. But I think, you know, if you were listening to somebody like Henry Kissinger, I don't think uh, that would be the, the idea that's, that's, that's promulgated or, or, or the, the idea of, uh, that is promulgated according to sort of political science realists. So at the, at the end of the book, um, you... Uh, you conclude, well, no, it's not your conclusion, but it's uh, a quote. Uh, you say that um, it's in, quote. It's interesting to observe the conspiracy discourse as an echo or pantomime of the intelligence operation. Uh, you refer to Austin Powers, uh, favorite yeah. movie of mine back in the day. Yeah. Um, 
what, what did you mean by this 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 parallel or this this echo? Well, uh, yeah, uh, uh, well, yeah. I mean, part of it is 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 that you know it, it is a um, you know I, I think conspiracy is I think an interesting idea. Um, you know, obviously, um, the whole point of of, of furtive secret intelligence is to particularly some of the kinetic intelligence, some of the um, some of the operational intelligence is to, you know, create um, f- f- these furtive networks that are capable of doing things um, uh, according to an ideology um, that is consistent uh, with, with the national interest, I suppose, right? Or with a version of the national interest. And so there is a, um, you know, uh, obviously uh, intelligence is very cons- conspiratorial because it involves both secrecy and um and 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 a furtive organization uh, on on a matter um, of 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 uh, like interests or like uh, of or like belief, um, and so in that respect, you know, I mean, yeah, you know, the, the the and and it's interesting. I think that I think there was a comment after after the Kennedy or around the Kennedy assassination that you know those people that are criticizing or, or, or questioning uh, the, the, the government narrative re- re- with respect to the assassination should be, you know, labeled as conspiracists because, uh, you know, it's a good way of, of, um, of, of trying to uh, negate uh, their, their criticism. But it's a pantomime because, I mean, you know, obviously they, they, they are doing the same thing. I mean, the, the um, security agencies, are involved in these kind of furtive um, networks of engagement. And so, um, you know, um, they, uh, and, and the other thing that's interesting about it in terms of pantomime is that one of the ideas about uh, um, Austin Powers, you know, which is a really nice one, is that um, the intelligence, there's there's two ways of, of, of sort of, one. there's a number, number of ways of sort of characterizing intelligence culturally, I suppose. One of them is that, Oh well, you know they're bumbling idiots, and um, you know, but they mean well. Um, so you know, uh, you know, it, so it so it tries to minimize their their culpability or their am- or immorality or what have you, right? The other one is, uh, you know, they're they're um, you know they're they're um, dangerous malcontents, um, you know, and, and but that that's that's a sort of the the the, the lesser. Um, the, the, the lesser narrative and a way of, 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 of making intelligence uh, seem more familiar, less objectionable, more you know, um, palatable is by, is by making a spoof out of it, you know, and making it seem like it's not really very serious. Um, and, you know, and, and, and that's, that's also happened with the 9-11 Commission in the sense that they wanted to say that they, the intelligence community lacked imagination, which is a complete lie and, and, a, and an obvious lie to anybody um, who, who follows intelligence. You know, of course, they had a huge amount of imagination. They had the, they, you know, the, there's, there's, no, there's not, no scenario that wasn't imagined, including, you know, parts at least of the, of the scenario that was, that was under investigation. And so, yeah, it's a bit of a pantomime. Um, pantomime. Um, it's almost like uh, you know we're spoofing ourselves by saying that other people, other people, uh, uh, believe in in these networks of conspiracy. Um, you know, and uh, meanwhile, we are, uh, of course. I mean, intelligence is 
all about these networks of cons conspiracy in, 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 in practice. Now, you know, you know, this is the other thing we didn't talk about, but this, this whole idea of this dark archive, right? So we, we have such a small glimpse of what actually happens in this world. And, you know, that's deliberately so. And so it's almost impossible to talk about with any kind of authority. The people that may have the most authority to talk about it can't say a thing about it. And, you know, for the rest of the people that uh, they have no access to the to the, that dark archive in order to make it, you know, educated uh, pronouncement on it. So there's the interesting contradiction. Um, you know, but I don't think that should necessarily uh, restrict people from trying to, you know, um, provide a few um, possible narratives about how the how the thing how the thing uh, holds together and works and where it is structured in terms of of, of liberal democracy, uh, you know, because it because I think it does. I think you know nobody has a moratorium on intelligence. So we had we had this idea of nonproliferation for nuclear, you know, and it's obviously going the wrong direction right now. But but the same idea could could apply to intelligence because after nine eleven there was an enormous growth in intelligence, you know, obviously logically. Um, but prior to that, there was a there was really actually a decline in in in, um, in budget budgetary growth of, of, of intelligence for a little while, um, and so that's you know that's another thing that that doesn't really um, people don't really talk about as much. They did in the nineteen seventies. There were actually protests about intelligence in the nineteen seventies, but that's not no longer the case. I mean, people are not really looking at intelligence as being you know um, a dangerous part of our our existence that should be. Uh, curtailed to some degree, um, yeah, quite the opposite, it seems. And right now, with all this uh, effort on information war, so the, the psychological operations that used to be illegal to, to do on on, on the United States are now are, are now being done, you know, quite quite legally. So these these um, blowback campaigns or these or these actually false blowback campaigns are happening, um, so that you know the um, the build up to the Ukraine. Um, situation was was uh, was very long in terms of the of of the uh, the budget of, of of intelligence and information operations um, that are taking place. So yeah, there's a big buildup, and it's not necessarily very good for for liberal democracy. Thank you, uh, thank you for that. Um, I think we can uh, conclude on that note. We we've taken quite quite a peek into your into your book. Um, uh, so thanks for all the great stories. Um, maybe a final question. So uh, before the show, you uh, you mentioned that you are um, have a, an upcoming or that you're you're you have a book contract, a new one. Um, well, can you tell us anything about the about the subject? Yeah, a bit more, more, more of the same. So I want to look at some of the sort of the principles of security uh, intelligence, and then look at some of those those sort of popular uh, narratives how how intelligence is presented in various media. Um, so we know that you know with popular fiction, there's lots of sort of there are some, some classic tropes, and I think you know those spy shag me or 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 or. Um, or uh, um, the James Bond, you know, are, are these classic tropes of, of, of intelligence and what do they actually mean? How do they, how do they get configured? How does that, what does that do for our sort of understanding of, or, or expectation of, of, uh, of intelligence? Um, but I also want to think more a little bit about, um, uh, about some of these, 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 uh, I guess a priori, you know, that, that we have this, this argument that we have to have 
intelligence is, which is more or less a righteous necessity argument. And, you know, how do one, how do you unpack that righteous necessity argument? And, you know, where does it come from? Partly it comes from, you know, people like Schmidt, Carl Schmidt, you know, um, you know, who, you know, who's very, very, very good uh, um, analyst of the state, you know, and in the relationship of the sovereign to, you know, particularly parliamentary democracy. And so, um, you know, I wanted to explore a little bit about that. Um, you know, and of course, the relationship between the normative and legal versus the the, the, the sort of sovereignty discourse, and how, why why it has to be the pri- why why the, the sovereign has to be always the primary and the, the prior prior the, 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 the prior and essential uh, or dominant uh, in that couplet. And of course, you know that's it's understood that it has to be, and so that intelligence takes a lot from that from that uh, from that sort of uh, liberal democratic. Uh, uh, understanding, um, but also you know how efficacious is this dark action and knowledge? You know, I mean, we don't actually know how efficacious it is, but we you know it might be completely non non efficacious, right? How do we know? Because if we're all you know hurtling towards doom, then it can't be argued that you know the intelligence community is is uh, very efficacious in its use of dark action and knowledge. You know, I suppose uh, because it would be, you know, part of the the, uh, the instrument that's hurtling us towards doom, um, and I'm not sure that it isn't. You know, um, you know, and it's also the also the idea of um, you know when when intelligence should be just building the archive and when it should be spending some of its resources in some kind of kinetic action. You know, so how much how much do you have to save? You know, before you reap. Or how much do you have to um, sow before you you know, reap or whatever? Right? So that that whole dynamic there is interesting because you know what, you know the, the CIA is, is uh, and, and Mossad and and, and and Israeli intelligence. I mean, they're both very good acting you know actors out in the field as well as collecting all sorts of information. So it's not only just um, dead information that's 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 waiting for a time to to uh, to be used. It's 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 the question of the timing and the and how often can you can you dip into the well, you know, and that sort of thing is interesting as well. Um, and the other thing is about institutional auton- autonomy, you know, how um, how much institutional autonomy is enough, you know, for the, so these are some of the themes that I want to take up in, in, a, in a sort of a follow-up um, account I, uh, for Edwin Elgar. I get to it. Great. We've got something to look forward to. Um, thanks once again for your time. Uh, and uh, I wish you all the best, William. Okay, thank you very much for for, uh, having me on.